we're now on the line to Shani Smith, uh, who, uh, authorized, who's an authorized biographer of the late uh, President Nelson Mandela. She said she's appalled by, appalled by white South African social media users and their negative comments. A, a very good evening to you, uh, Charlene, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Uh, what a what exactly do you find upsetting about it? And I, I want to understand from where you sit, what you find most upsetting? Well, I, I, I think the appalling racism and the, the astonishing lack of South African history, it, it strikes me that South Africans have forgotten the tremendous courage and goodness of Nelson Mandela coming out of prison and not punishing people for their crimes uh, regarding apartheid and the meanness. What people forget, I mean, white people, and, and I've got some Indian people as well, who have been raising the picture of Stumpy Sape and et cetera. I knew Stumpy. Um, he used to often come into the DPSC offices. He was a dear little boy who had a very difficult life. So, I mean, the situation where I knew Mandela for a long time, I knew Stumpy, I knew Nelson Mandela, and what strikes me is that all these uh, mostly white people are talking about what she did, and yet they're going to complain about the EFS. They forget that we had 50 years of apartheid, where to be black meant that you were inferior. They've forgotten the forced removals. They've forgotten the death squad assassinations. They've forgotten the right-wing bomb blasts. They've forgotten the starvation of people in homelands. They go on and on and on. And here was a woman who was tortured. Uh, She spent time in solitary confinement in 1969, where for 18 months she was kept naked. She wasn't allowed out to exercise. She wasn't given cleaning materials. When she had periods, the blood caked on her legs. She wasn't allowed to know what had happened to her daughters. And that damages a person. I mean, the amount of post-traumatic stress that this woman experienced was substantial, and she never got help for it. She was then banished to Brantford, which was a dusty, nasty little free state town. Um, The residents feared her and didn't like her. People who visited her were arrested, and some of them were banned. She wasn't allowed a phone at her home. She would walk about three miles every morning to the local post office to make or receive calls. People just have no idea of the way that this woman was systematically tortured by a government over many, many years. But is that not characteristic of white privilege, though? What? The not, comments, not, the not, understanding... Not understanding... Yes. Sorry, carry on. Uh, I'm of, so- of, of not understanding... All of those things that you have just um, highlighted uh, and how people would interpret it and feel, therefore, they have the right to speak disparagingly about her in the manner of the, in, in, in relation to what the system which they supported did to her. I, I, I suppose so, but, but I find what I find very depressing about it is we now have an opportunity with a president who, like Mandela, seeks to reconcile the country. And at a time that's 
deeply, deeply emotional for many, many people. When we think of Winnie Mandela, we remember what apartheid did to people and how it harmed people, how it damaged people. That these people have not got the grace to stand back and say, you know, she was a complicated individual. She was deeply harmed. She was tortured. Uh, Jean Amare, a French resistance writer, wrote that those who were tortured remain tortured. So instead of having the grace to let people mourn, to say, okay, I don't necessarily support her or agree with her, they aren't. They are vicious on social media. And it's dispiriting because South Africa is in deep trouble, deep, deep trouble, economic trouble in particular. And instead of people reaching out to each other and saying, I don't always agree with you, I don't always understand where you come from, but this is our country, this is my country, let's work together to heal it. They're not doing that. Mm. And this is an opportunity for that. I need to ask you this question because we are asking our listeners how we can accurately, and and the emphasis is on accurately reflect her her life and works and her sacrifice because it's one thing. I mean, for me, it's problematic when you uh, refer to somebody's role in in the struggle and their contribution to always add a but or but she was complicated. I think each and every single one of us is complicated. Each and every single one of us is not liked by everybody. But how do we accurately for generations to come to reflect her uh, and what she did, the 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 support she lent to the struggle, her role in it, without adding her as an appendage to someone? She was never an appendage to anyone. So she was married to Nelson Mandela um, for many years, but she was always a person in her right. She's one of the most powerful women that South Africa and Africa has ever experienced. If she lived in a place like the United States, she would have had the capacity to be someone who would have been a senator. She, she was absolutely brilliant. She was a clever woman. But I think the way that we remember her is to acknowledge that apartheid damaged all of us. Everyone, black, white, yellow, it doesn't matter your color, it damaged people. And there's a great deal of post-traumatic stress in this country. And instead of us creating massive counseling uh, uh, situations to help people, we haven't done that. We, we apartheid ended and then we acted as, okay, so we brutalized people for 50 years. Now we're just going to carry on as though nothing happened. All right, thank Life you so much. It doesn't happen that way.